Hi friends, I am Erin from Erin Whalen Online, and this is a podcast about my family's homesteading journey. From an urban farm in Washington State to 120 acres in Tennessee, this is our journey of how we got to where we are and how we're building our homestead from the ground up. Thanks for being here. Oh my gosh, friends. I am back after an accidental three week um, of not showing up. The first week was July 4th and we had a lot going on. So I just scrapped it for that week. And then the next week, Travis was on vacation. And I honestly, I feel like I'm really good about writing things down, but I totally spaced the podcast and and it was just, we were too busy. I was trying to get the porch done. Travis was trying to finish the chicken coop. It was crazy. And then Last week, I had some illness. I don't want to say the C word, but a lot of people told me that was probably what it was. But I was, that was the sickest I had been <laughs> since I had Evelyn. I was basically in bed for eight days straight. Um, and then I've been to the chiropractor. I felt instant relief after I went the first time and even more after the second time. So that was a godsend. But anyhow, last week was nothing happened last week. I had a ton of stuff to do and could do none of it. But honestly, if I was going to pick a week to be sick, that was the week because it's kind of in between projects that we have going on. Um, so it worked out, I guess, kind of. Um, so yeah, it has just been crazy in these parts and hot, but we do have some air conditioning rolling finally. Not the whole thing. It's kind of Jimmy rigged for the bottom floor, but, um, it's night and day difference. Like we are so, (laughs) we are so excited to have it. Um, okay. So I, today am finishing. This is the end of our story about traveling across the country and moving to this new house. And then after this, I'm just going to talk about, um, not just, it's going to be exciting because I'm going to be talking about gardening and what's going on with our Airbnb. Last week, I think was the second most listened episode with Travis on it, which was very fun. He enjoyed being on it actually. And um, you guys like to hear him. So I got a lot of good feedback for that. I appreciate that. Um, And so, yeah, we're going to talk about a ton of different subjects. It's going to be very fun. I hope to have some guests on here and really delve into the homesteading lifestyle and what we're doing to monetize this property and kind of bring Travis home. It's, it'll be our journey after the journey of crossing the country. So let's get started. Where Travis and I had left off last time was um, the loan, our original loan company dropped us. And so I think there's a couple things that I think we kind of forgot to mention last time. It feels, it's only been three months, but it feels like a lifetime ago now, just because so much has happened between now and then that I'm constantly remembering things that I need to share. So um, before the new loan or before the previous loan company had dropped us, they told us that they were going to require a structural engineer to come and look at the house, which was very irritating to us because we had to fork out that money ourselves. And we had already had the home inspection with the home inspector who had his report and wrote everything out. But to them, because of what the appraiser said, that was not good enough and they needed a structural engineer, which there's so many firsts in this for a lot of the people involved. Like my realtor has never had someone come to them and say, or a loan company come and say, we need a structural engineer. And every time we told um, a lot of people on Instagram, a lot of realtors, I have a lot of realtor friends and a lot of realtors I follow in the Spokane area. And they were just all floored. They were like, what? A structural engineer to look at your house based on what an appraiser said? They're like, I have never heard of that before. Um, and so that company, even <laughs> they said that, and then they came back and were like, never mind, we're just going to drop you. It's too much of a risk or too much of something. And they didn't want to deal with us at all. Too much of a headache for them. Um, and we're like, 
were like, no, no, really, we'll we'll do the structural engineer, like whatever. And they're like, no, we just don't want to deal with you anymore. So when we got the new loan company, uh, originally we talked to our realtor and she talked to the loan company and they were like, no, we don't need the structural engineer. It's fine. And so we're like, yay, that's exciting. You know, a little bit less money to spend and it can speed the process because we're not waiting for some other person to come and check out the house. Well, within 30 minutes of our realtor telling us that, she, the loan company had called her back and they were like, never mind, we actually are going to go through and require this structural engineer. And so she had to then call me back and break the awful news that we had to have him look at the house um so it's just it was like okay and so we'd hoped at this time we are packed we are laying on blow-up beds the kids were both on their blow-up bed in their room me and Charles were on a blow-up bed in our room and we basically had no furniture in the house because the moving truck had already left with all of our stuff and everything that was at the house Travis and I were going to take over in our vehicles um Travis was having his he had his truck and then he was pulling behind that the Skylark um which is his old vintage car and I was doing the Yukon. So we were going to take the three cats, the dog, and all the rest of the stuff that was at the house with us on our trip. Um, and so we were packed up, ready to go. And she was like, we'll hear from the appraiser um, the day we were leaving the house. Or not the appraiser, excuse me, the structural engineer, the day we were leaving the house. And so she, there, we're two hours ahead here in Tennessee from Washington State. And so we were hoping to get on the road by 10. And I was just, we were hoping to hear from him before we got on the road because that would be noon this time and um, we just we wanted some kind of solid good news before we drove across the country that we actually had a home to go to um, and we weren't just going there and basically being stranded in an Airbnb um, and so that morning that we uh, I'm gonna try not to cry I won't but um, the morning that we left it was so sweet we had my sweet friend Megan and her daughter come and they said goodbye to us and to goodbye to Evelyn because um, little Brooklyn, or we call her Cookie, um, wanted to hug Evelyn and say goodbye. And so they came first thing in the morning, said goodbye. We chatted a little bit. Then they left, and we kind of started just really – well, I, yeah, we really started hauling things out to the car, started stuffing things in. When we booked our trip originally, Travis wanted to do, drive more on the first day, but I was – kind of scared with how long it was going to take to clean ourselves out of the house you know you kind of like mop on the way out the door um and so I made him we booked the Airbnb for the first night for Butte Montana so that was only about I think about a six and a half six hour drive it wasn't very long but I just I didn't want to push it that day I wanted to make sure that we had enough time to clean and then get to our new destination so um and then my sweet friend Christine and Jesse um Travis's best friend is Jesse my best one of my best friends is Christine and um they came and hung out with us brought us coffees they helped us kind of look through the house make sure we weren't forgetting anything I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off we're trying to stuff all of the cars full we had um the scalic was basically stuffed with everything that we couldn't feel like pillows bedding that kind of stuff that we had used for the two previous nights and all the stuff that we were kind of uncomfortable putting in the U-Pack that we didn't want to get stolen that were very important to us and so we we put them all in the back of the truck and and, and my SUV was basically for the animals we bought a carrier for the two of the cats are really good friends and so we bought a carrier for them that was extended across the two back seats in the suv and so it was like a it was like the size the double the size of a regular cat carrier and a little bit taller so they could sit up and walk around and i didn't want to feel like they were like squished down the whole time and then the dog went into the very back of the suv and then i had a small dog carrier that was like a canvas carrier and that sat in the passenger side of me and that was for our other cat missy um, because she likes to cause trouble and she's a little 
little hellion and so she needed separated from the other cats so they could actually um, endure the journey and so we were packing up all the animals getting everything ready um, Jesse and Christine were helping us and then me and Christine had a little sob fest as we left they were the last ones to see us in Spokane um, and that was that was very sweet they wanted to be there to say goodbye we didn't want to inconvenience anybody she was like I'm coming I'm going to be there and that is a true friend for you. So they waved us off and we had not at that point in time heard from the structural engineer, which was just so disappointing to me because I'm already extremely emotional. We're leaving this house that I love, all these memories, and we don't even know if we have a house to go to. Like it was such um, a scary risk. It just, it just felt overwhelming. It just felt so overwhelming. So honestly, the first hour and a half <laughs> of the drive outside of Spokane, I sobbed. I sobbed for an hour and a half straight in the car, just like praying, crying out, like what's going on, trying and then like messaging my realtor every now and then, um, asking, oh, have you heard anything? No, I haven't heard anything yet. Um, it was miserable. <laughs> it was literally miserable. And finally, I'd say about halfway there, our realtor uh, messaged me and she said, good news. Um, she read me the letter and she actually started crying when she read it because it was this was such a huge unforeseen roller coaster that just is not something that normally happens when someone purchases a house but I remember she read um the part in the in his in his thing for us has written out uh whatever it's called that the house is structurally sound and she started crying and I started crying because like that was what we knew all along and then all these hoops were we had to jump through to basically prove to the this loan secondary loan company that we were worth the investment of this house and so then she actually ends up having me call him too because he wanted to talk to me and tell me you know if it was me these are the things that I would fix first and just kind of his which was already something we had planned like the foundation was going to be the first thing that we fixed well it was going to be until all that issue that we had which I've already talked about but um yeah so so then we're like, okay, everything's great. You know, la, 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 everything's gonna be fine. So we ended up that night in Butte. We were so excited. It was like a huge relief. Travis went and got some wine. We um, ordered pizza. We were pizza in and um, we were in this cute little old house in Butte, Montana. It was beautiful. Um, and we just kind of had a celebratory night of like, we're here. We're actually doing this. The house is sound. You know, things are solid. And we took off the next morning. And so at this point in time, now that we've heard from the structural engineer, he, the the loan company still has to review the report and look at it and say, you know, OK, we are going to take a risk on your loan and we're going to fund your loan. They hadn't told us that yet. So we were just waiting for the loan company this time to fund it and or to, to say that they would fund it. And so we're driving, driving, don't hear anything, don't hear anything. Second day, we end up in Rapid City, South Dakota. I honestly really love South Dakota. Montana was beautiful in some areas. But then other areas were just very desolate um, and kind of boring. Um, but South Dakota just had a lot of fun stuff going on. They had a lot of tourism along the ways. Um, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful state. I really liked it. And so we rolled into South Dakota. Um, not my favorite um, Airbnb. It was an, an older house. It was two-story. And they actually had, the owners lived downstairs and there was two, they, they divided the house into three sections. So there was actually two Airbnbs. And I didn't realize, I guess until we got there, that we were on the very top floor. So we were going up and down with the cats, up and down with the dog. Um, it it kind of had like that moldy kind of, some old houses have that musty smell. And this house definitely had that. And it was wonky and crooked. Not to say my house here is not wonky and crooked, but it is. Um, 
because it is. But it was just, it just kind of felt dirty. I'm not going to lie. Um, so that was definitely not my favorite house. I was glad. We were glad to get up on the road again. Um, and so... <laughs> If we could do things differently, I think we would have pushed further on the um, first day and made it further than Butte because since we only did six or six and a half hours the first day, all the rest of the days were about 10 to 11 hour days, which is a lot. It's a lot to drive that amount. Um, the first day I didn't realize by not having my sunglasses on, my eyes were like burning by the end of the day. And obviously it was because I was just staring at the road, but the sunglasses um, made such a big difference and it was so much easier to drive with those on. But um, so we took off from Rapid City, South Dakota, and that that night we ended up in Windsor Heights, Iowa, and that house was really fun. That was a metal house. Like the whole house was metal. The walls were metal. The ceiling was metal. The doors and were like it was very retro. And it was cool and wonky, and I it was an joyous day. I would never want to live in a house like that. But and I guess how it heated was through the walls because everything was metal. If you heat. I don't know. It was it was bizarre. And so we ended up getting Mexican that night, let the dog out. Um, oh, and the thing about the last house, too, that was in South Dakota was they didn't have a yard. And I really tried in all the houses to find the yards because we had the dog and then we could let him run around a little bit since he was honestly the best traveler. Bruno is the most chill dog when it comes to travel. He'll like sit up every now and then, look around outside and then just lay back down and pass out. He'd go potty at the rest stops at the gas stations and hop back in the car and he was an angel. The two cats in the back, the cats sang to me. I call it singing, but really they were throwing fits for the first, usually about the first two hours, there was a lot of meowing and pacing. And then about halfway through, they'd all throw a fit and meow and pace some more. And um, then they'd just succumb to it and chill for until we were done for that day. And then every night they just get out and they're like, why are we in a new house again? <laughs> it was it was pretty funny to watch all the animals. And by the time we were done, they're just like, whatever. I don't think they actually believe when we moved to this house that we were going to stay here. They thought it was like another one or two nighter. Um, but anyhow, so we left the metal house, um, in Windsor Heights, Iowa. And <laughs> at this point in time, they had let us know the loan company that they needed another appraisal. And, uh, that was super frustrating, especially when they just offhandedly said it might take up to two weeks. And of course, Travis and I freak out because that means two weeks of trying to find Airbnbs to stay in with our animals and still not being 100% sure that we're going to get into our house. So even with the first initial appraisal, a home inspection, a structural engineer report that all came back good besides the first appraisal, um, they still required another appraisal. Um, so just like, <laughs> which again, so we ended up having to pay for, for the first appraisal that pretty much screwed us on everything, which was $900. And then we had to pay for a second appraisal for the secondary loan company. We had to pay for the structural engineer. We had to pay for the initial um, initial report that we had, the just the general report of the house. And so we're just like, okay, we're just flinging money at people now, apparently. Um, and yeah, so they set up to two weeks. So Travis and I were Travis, <laughs> um, when he gets nervous, it becomes like an ex, like his body rejects. Like he, he has stomach issues. He has anxiety. He'll get headaches. Like it manifests itself very much physically when he is, when he is under stress. And Travis was very <laughs> stressed out at this point that we were going to be stranded in the middle of nowhere. And I'm more of a like, I mean, I was 
I was very mad. I was not so much scared. I was just super irritated with the amount of money that we had to put out for all these dumb little things that all these companies were requiring of us. So I'm irritated and Travis is just extremely overwhelmed. Plus, both of our cars are very, very old. So this whole time he was on pins. He didn't even listen to the radio, you guys, because he was listening to his engine. He was so afraid that something was going to happen to his car that he needed to listen to the engine and not any music. And I was in my car singing with the animals and um, listening to all of the books I had downloaded on Audible and music every now and again. So um, he had stressed him out so much at this point. And then the Mexican food did not sit well with him that halfway through the drive to Tennessee that night, um, he got sick. Like, uh like stomach issues, like throwing up. So we basically went into a gas station halfway through and I could see he was just screaming. He went in there and just like let loose of everything that he had eaten for the last 12 hours or whatever. And then we proceeded to have to stop at almost like every other gas station for him to puke. (laughs) And uh, it was not fun. So I'm, when we did this too, we bought walkie talkies for one for his car, one for mine, because on this trip, there's places that are just so rural that there's no cell phone. Like there's no cell phone coverage. You can't talk to each other. So we got the walkie talkies and, um, he had the charger in his car. He would keep his on the charger. And then at every other gas station, we would swap the walkie so that mine was now charged and he would sit his on there and charge it while he was driving. And so I was walking, walking him back and forth saying, are you okay? Do we need to pull over? How are you doing? Um, and, and still hadn't, I mean, basically at this point in time, the loan company is just silent. They're like, well, we're going to have to do appraisal. So there. Um, and, and so we're driving in. This was our longest day too. I think this was like our 12 hour day where we're driving and we didn't get into Tennessee until, oh gosh, it was way after dark. Um, and the first thing we did was we all went on this like round overpass thing. And Travis tells me later, he was like, cause you went, you go on this, not overpass, but you're going like around a, like a half circle to, to jump on a different highway or whatever. And he said that he was puking while driving into a wheat thins box. Poor guy. I feel so bad for him. And then we got to a Kroger there. He went inside, did his thing again. Um, and from there, we jumped in the cars and we made it to Pinson, Tennessee, which is about 15 minutes from Henderson, um, about 15 minutes to, our, probably about like 20 minutes to our current house right now. Um, and we, I, I got him all cleaned up. He showered. I threw him in bed. I kind of unpacked, let the cats out, did all the things. And then the next day, and of course it was that night was tornado warnings and all this kind of stuff. It was like windy, like sideways rain. It was a joy. Um, and then the next day we get up and we're like, okay, we have to figure this out. Of course there's like very, very spotty cell phone service. So we, a lot of times would have to go into town and go into Henderson to get cell service to actually call and talk with the loan company or my realtor. Email for some reason would work, but calling on my phone would not work, but they did have a landline there. So we were calling back and forth landlines. It was a mess. Um, and we basically told the loan company, like, we cannot wait for two more weeks. We have all of our stuff coming soon in the UPAC and the UPAC charges $250 a night if you do, if you're, like if they need to store it for you. And so there was just a lot of cost. Plus we would have to figure out more Airbnbs and all that jazz if we had to just sit there for another two weeks. Plus in four days, my parents were coming with our two kids and they were going to stay with us for seven days. So what kind of Airbnb is going to let 
uh, two, four, five pe- well, four pe- adults, a child, a St. Bernard, and three cats into their Airbnb. Like, it just felt very overwhelming. So, and again, this loan company was so hard to reach, so hard to talk to these people. Um, and then they finally said they were going to get an expedited uh, appraisal. Um, and so we were just waiting. Travels was starting to feel better. We were getting up. We were walking around. We were trying to go to town, just like trying to live our regular life. But when we realized that we were not going to be able to get in there on the day that we thought, we asked the lady if we could book for longer. She said yes, open up the dates. And then someone within 10 minutes booked the dates that we needed. Um, I think we kind of discussed that last episode. So this lady offered us her RV for I think $50 a night, 25, I think it was $25 a night. Um, And it was outside her house. And we had no other option at that point in time because there was just very limited people that would take us with all the animals. And so we literally moved into her tiny RV, which it was so sweet of her. She was she had like a little gift bag in there and said, welcome to Tennessee and was so kind. Um, and so we lived in that RV with the three cats and the dog over the weekend because it was like Friday that they were like, oh, we're going to expedite it. And then no one works on the weekend. So we just chilled all weekend, basically miserable in a little tiny RV. Everywhere we went, we had to take Bruno because we couldn't leave him in the RV. Like there was some air conditioning, but it wasn't a ton enough to leave him in there he would have just the cats were fine they loved the heat but the dog was not okay with that so we had to drag him everywhere which means we had to get like drive through food anyhow i'm sorry i'm going i'm going on but it was just just know it was miserable and eventually we decided okay well my parents are going to be here in, in a day we can't stay in the rv with my parents and the kids should we get them a hotel and we'll stay in the rv and then i finally found a house in jackson that would take all of us and had a yard and so i booked that for two nights um, i was very upfront with the lady i wrote exactly what was going on could you please help us i'd be extremely appreciative if you let us stay there um, i'm a very very good i get five stars on all my airbnb stays because i clean like a freak I always do anyhow, and so I always leave like no litter, no dog hair, no anything. I'm basically vacuuming the entire house and mopping the floors on our way out. Um, and so I found that house. Travis went and picked up my parent, my parents and the kids from Nashville the next day, um, and then we get the email that says uh, that your appraisal has been done. It was fast tracked. It's over, and you guys can have the house. I think on like 23rd of March, and it was supposed to be originally the 12th I don't even know you guys it was so long ago now but what did happen was because the loan the loan was funded we called our realtor and said can you is there any way that now that the loan's funded and it's going to go through that we can please get into the house early because it before this the lady who owned this house was like absolutely not I'm not letting them in early if the loan if the loan doesn't fund which I understand her position a little bit but she was very <laughs> I don't feel like she was the kindest person but um anyhow so uh, she said yes. She said you guys can be in there. Originally, she was going to charge us an additional like $200 a night or $200 and an additional like some $50 a night or something like that to get into her house early. But because the loan was the loan was funded and our realtor talked to her realtor, she was like, okay, fine. You guys can have the keys and can get in there early. So um, we were at the Airbnb the first night for two nights. The first night we were there and the second night we brought a bunch of stuff to, to this house um, and dropped it all off. But we didn't have enough to like sleep here yet. So we slept one more night at the Airbnb, then grabbed everything up and came to our house and actually got in the front door and we made it. <laughs> And so that was an extremely long story, but it was an extremely long journey. And there was so many tears, so many moments of having to just completely lean on God and have faith that it would all work out because there was just so many moments of limbo of, yes, it's your house. Wait, no, it's not your house. Yes, it's your house. Oh, wait, no, we need something else. It was just extremely, extremely frustrating. 
But we got here. So my parents stayed for seven days. So two days was spent in the Airbnb and then we had five days here. And my dad and my mom, it was so, I mean, it was so good to see the kids. Like I cried when I saw the kids because 10 days is the longest that I have, we've ever not been with them. Um, and so, but they had such a fun time on the airplane with grandma and grandpa. And they had so many stories um, of getting here and everything. And they had a blast. My parents took such good care of them. And my parents were also such a blessing when we got here because I think, like our, the UPAC arrived the day after we got in the house. So it that just worked out perfectly. I was able to find a moving company, take the piano out. First thing, um, they took it across the whole house, parked it where it is right now. And then we were able to unload everything else. We had the truck unloaded and I think taken back even before we needed to because the, my dad was just, he was gonna get it done. And so we, and my mom too, they were just busting butt. My dad bringing the boxes in, we open things up, throw them places, stack them in the rooms they needed to go. Um, and it was a fun time to have them here for five days. And since they left, this has been the longest I've been without family my whole entire life because I've always lived next to all my siblings and everybody. And so um, it was crazy saying goodbye to them knowing that it would be months before I saw anybody again. But my sister's going to be over here in a couple months and that's very exciting. My little sister, Emily, and my parents have officially listed their house for sale and they are hoping to be here soon as well. So that's my sister's not moving here. She's just coming to visit for a week. But my brother is considering moving here too. So that would have about half the family here, which would be so nice. Still sad that we're not all together as a family, um, but you know. That's life. You can't have everything you want. You can just pray and just see and wait what happens, you know? So that is the journey across the country. <laughs> I want to see if I'm forgetting anything. Um, hold on real quick. I was looking at my notes for this episode and that is it. So next episode, I'm going to kind of cover what we've done so far for the Airbnb, what um, we're going to do next, some of the things that are happening around here, just an update on the house and maybe kind of a summarization of the last three months and what we've done since we've been here um, and the frustrations of um, relying on other people to do things and also some of the joys of what we've accomplished so far. Some days it feels like a ton. Other days it feels like you just look out. Me and Travis were talking the other night. He got home from work kind of late and we were sitting down and we were just naming things out of everything that we had to do and we were just both feeling a little overwhelmed. And um, I was just like, Travis gave today I felt overwhelmed because last week I was sick. I couldn't get a ton of stuff done. And he said, he said, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. And we're walking through this knowing that right now, financially, we don't have the money, obviously, to do everything we want to do to the property. But we're just going to continue to walk in faith and look for opportunities and trust and know that God's got us covered. He brought us here for a reason. Our journey was one that he wanted us to be on and therefore he will not let us be stranded or abandon us. And so we are going to put our faith in him and work, continue to work hard. <laughs> so I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you. Oh, also, if you're not following on Instagram, please make sure to do that. Aaron underscore Waylon underscore online. Check out the website, AaronWaylonOnline.com. And now I think that's it. <laughs>